Welcome to Empire, presented by CW Hemp, a weekly installment dedicated to exploring the non-psychoactive side of the cannabis plant. Once a cornerstone of the American economy, hemp has been used in over 25,000 products, including paper, textiles, construction materials, health food, and fuel. Now, tune in and discover all there is to know about this wonder crop making a historic comeback. Empire, presented by CW Hemp, starts now. Hello, cannabis radio listeners and hemp fans of all sorts. Welcome back to another episode of Empire, the show devoted to all things hemp. Hey, it's the world's most versatile crop. It's eco-friendly and it's eminently useful. Whether you're pulling up your socks in the morning or turning to your tincture at night, the hemp plant is on your side. I'm Dr. Mitch Earlywine, author of the Oxford University Press book, Understanding Marijuana. I also write the Ask Dr. Mitch column for High Times Magazine. I'm a member of the advisory board at the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. And some of you know, I'm a professor at the University of Albany, State University of New York, and a psychologist at Health Psychology Associates Live Well, the place in Albany to go if you're having troubles. Today, I'm delighted to spend some time with David Maldalena. The hemp connoisseur himself. Lots of listeners know him from THCMag.com. That's THCMag.com. The site has wonderful news about hemp itself, recreational and medical cannabis, fashion, food, and travel. Hey, just about anything a hemp fan would desire. But he's also got some great tales to tell us about some of the first hemp-related commercials on major major talk show news channels. And there's a big hemp-related championship coming up. So, David Maldalena, welcome to Hempire. Thanks, Mitch. Thanks for having me. Tell us about THCMag.com. So, well, THCMag, we've been doing um, print here in Colorado. And, of course, we have THCMag.com as our digital home for over five years. We started the magazine to create a much more adult presentation or mainstream presentation for the cannabis industry. And whenever I say cannabis industries, I actually mean both hemp and marijuana. We wanted to equally cover both, which is kind of why our logo, it's why our logo says THC, the hemp connoisseur, because that's the duality of the cannabis plant. Uh, you know, obviously the THC representing the marijuana side of the plant. And so we've been doing that in Colorado for five years, have been voted the number one cannabis publication by the industry a couple times now. And we expanded to a national version of the magazine in April of this year, which is distributed on a quarterly basis in Barnes and Nobles and newsstands across North America. You guys have a real mature approach, and I was curious about your thinking and how that all got started. You, you know, what it came down to was, um, and I give mad respect to obviously High Times being, you know, the pioneer for over 40 years. And I, I love what High Times had done. It was a counterculture magazine. And but what we found was, first of all, we needed a free publication in the industry here in Colorado as a local so that they could advertise. They weren't able to do anything like that in a, in a national magazine. And there was another magazine at the time. And you may have remembered a Cush magazine that was out on the scene for a while. My complaint with them was, you know, again, they were pioneers and thanks for coming out there. But they were very much geared still in this counterculture place. Marijuana was being treated as a medicine by the industry here in Colorado, but yet the presentation of it was not really what they wanted, what they kept saying they wanted to be presented as. So instead of saying, we want to be seriously medical, they would use, you know, pictures of half scantily clad women to sell quote unquote medicine. 
And that just didn't jive well with me when you're, when you're saying, hey, we want to be treated seriously. And so what we did was we sat down with the consulting firm that has done publishing for a while and said, look, we want to create a presentation for this industry that's going to take it in the mainstream. And then that's going to also give us just a whole new view of what this industry is. And I also, I just want to design a magazine that I wanted to read. And I'm in my 40s now, I was in my late 30s when I started it. And I wanted to create a magazine that I wanted. And so that's what we did. I appreciate you taking the brave approach, man. I'm sure people were concerned or, you know, eager to have you fall back on the old diehard but but true techniques. And I, I think it's really cool how you guys made it work. Thanks, thanks. We got some pushback at first, but people started coming around. Uh, they, they didn't like us at first because we were rejecting ads. We're like, no, nope, that ad's not going to go in our magazine. You're not allowed to use TNA to sell medicine in our magazine. And they'd be like, but we want this – is, this is what's going to sell it. It's like, no, it's not. Trust me, in the long run, it's not going to work. And, no, I really uh, slowly, appreciate that. Yeah. The, yeah. the higher standard is just, is just wonderful, and I think it's the, the direction the industry needs to go. Agreed. Agreed. Well, so I understand we have a big championship coming up. We do. We actually have the fifth annual THC championship coming up right now. Our entries are actually being delivered to our host dispensary, um, Northern Lights um, Cannabis Company, right now um, through to the 31st. And then our judges pick it up a few days later. Uh, we do it a little differently from a lot of the other cannabis competitions out there. We don't throw a festival. We actually wanted the competition to stand alone. So what I did was I polled people in the industry and I said, okay, what do you want in a competition? This is over you know, five years ago. What are your complaints about every other competition you've been a part of, and how do we address those complaints? And we built the THC championship around that for the industry. And so it's only in Colorado right now. As we've been going national, we do ex- plan on expanding it into other states um, over in 2017. But uh, our judges get 30 days to try the medicine or the, actually the product because we have recreational and medical categories now. And uh, then they get their votes into us. We uh, factor in connoisseur grade where we work with Tricome Institute to come up with the connoisseurs. They kind of created a sommelier version for cannabis called interpreting. And it's got a lot of validity. So we let it, decided to add those guys in as our connoisseur judges. And then we have testing as part of it as well to make sure the product is clean and its potency is part of the score. And then we have a really big party uh, in December as our awards party goes um, to make the announcements. And then we also share all of our information, all the scores, every comment, every score they received to the entries after the announcements are made. So we're completely transparent to everybody who enters. I really admire your uh, 30-day approach and you know, taking real concern about how the products are actually evaluated. I know that had to be gutsy, and I can't thank you enough. Well, yeah, no, it is. It's, you know, here's the thing. It doesn't make money right away doing it that way because you can make a heck of a lot of money throwing a two, three-day festival and have everybody test it out in three days. But let's be honest. If you're testing out you know, 80 strains in two to three days, how are you going to tell me which one was the best? Exactly. Uh, you, you can judge the flavor, but let's all be honest. Flavor is really, really important. I love to have that experience. But the proof is in the pudding, so to speak, and that comes down to what we call desired effect. And you can't tell me that the fifth one you had this hour was the one that gave you the desired effect. You have to space out the sample. (laughs) I'm afraid that fourth trial of the day is often not a clean one, as we would say in in laboratory research. That is a riot. And I understand there's some special arrangements about advertising for this championship. 
Um, well, we don't allow any – well, advertisers are advertisers. They're clients of ours. But we, what we don't allow is anybody who's entered into this competition, they do not get to be sponsors of the competition. If you're an enter – if you're a competitor, that's it. You're a competitor. You, you don't get to give us extra money to help us throw the party or anything like that. Um, that way it creates a level, clean playing field. And it's one of those points of pride for myself. Nobody in our company is allowed to judge as well. So we don't be, we can't play favoritism for any of our advertisers. Uh, so when somebody wins in our competition, there's no, no way anybody else can say, oh, well, they won because they, you know, they stacked the deck and they paid you a lot of money to be sponsors and they're big advertisers of yours. Very often in our competition, we'll have people who have never been clients of ours that have won and even swept categories on fl all three flower categories. And the people are like, wow, this is for real because they've never had a relationship with THC Magazine and yet these guys have won. And again, I'm not saying the other competitions are unfair in that sense, but what happens is there's a perception that they are. You know, So not to knock high times, but if somebody's a big sponsor of high times and they win, People are automatically go, well, they won because they're a big sponsor. They may have absolutely won because they deserve to win, but the perception is what really matters. And so we wanted to eliminate any perception of foul play or potential foul play by doing this. I think of you guys as kind of the consumer reports of cannabis. Yeah, we've been told that actually. And you know, that's kind of the thing that I've said to everybody in my staff, whether it's our journalists or whether it's our salespeople, and I, we do separate our sales and editorial a lot, which is something that I think isn't done often enough, not just in our industry, but in mainstream media as a whole. But um, I think if you don't do that, after a period of time, people recognize that you're not in integrity. So integrity is kind of the word that we have as the foundation of everything we do at our company. And that's the question I always ask somebody. If they come to me with a concept, I immediately am like, you know, to any of my staff, does it have integrity? Where, you know, where is it lacking integrity? And then how do we put in, inject integrity into this concept you have? Otherwise, it's a no-go as far as our company rolls. That's an amazing standard, and I'm afraid it may have cost you some money in the long run. Oh, it's absolutely cost me money. Here's what I'm going to say, though, Mitch. It hasn't cost me money in the long run cost me money in the short term. I think the thing that people have in this industry, it's a common mistake. And I've seen competitors try to come into Colorado and last for like three months and then come out. And it's because everybody in this industry thinks that they have to sprint to the finish line. And they're sprinting. And what I mean is they want to make as much money as fast as possible. If you want to make money fast, you have to cut corners. And I don't look at it that way. This industry, to be in this industry, you want to be in it early and you want to start the race early, but it's a marathon and you got to pace yourself. And that's the way I look at it. We have to pace ourselves and do things right. And we have slowly seen in the last five years that people have recognized that and we have developed such a reputation here in Colorado for having integrity that it's never been questioned in anything we've done now. And so we're able to get more and more of the market share on advertisers because they've come over to us, gone, wow, we've never heard anything but good things about you guys. It's time to start advertising with you. you know. And again, I'm not knocking our other competitors. I'm not saying that they're not in integrity. It's just that we make sure that nobody doubts our integrity at all. It's interesting your point about pacing. I, I have another show, uh, Burning Issues, and I have a segment in there called Self-Compassion and the Art of Activism. And I really try to give folks a lot of feedback about just pacing yourself and 
and good recommendations and daily strategies you take personally to kind of make sure you don't sprint instead of run a marathon? Uh, yeah. I mean, I have to look into my schedule on a regular basis and just say, wait a minute, am I biting off more than I can chew? Do I have the staff to take on um, the things that we do? And so we have gotten to a point where we're not stretched too far at the point where we're having to say no to certain clients because of all the different. Um, and I'm actually, I used to not be, I used to say yes to everything and then get super stressed out. And now it's really come down to, yes, there's money in, in doing this if I take this job, but I don't think I'm going to do the job to the capacity that the client deserves and that I want. So we'll say no. Um, that's a hard thing to do as a business when, you know, saying no to money, but in the long run, I think it helps us grow as a company. So we've been expanding and growing as it, as we saw fit. And I, I guess part of it is really, Mitch, is I've seen our competitors out there or ones that were out there that are no longer in existence think that they had to expand as fast as humanly possible. They stretched themselves so thin and then they went, they fell through the cracks. They weren't able to take care of their clients the way they wanted. So then they lost their market share. You know, it's like, I always think of it like, you know, uh, I'm dating myself now, like the old um, game of risk where you'd have those little armies that you'd spread out to try to take over, you know, the map and you would spread yourself really thin to take over. Well, it was really easy to lose those territories because you have enough strength in each territory. And I kind of think of it in that realm. <laughs> oh, I totally follow and have many, uh, many of playing that game. Hey, <laughs> Cannabis Radio brother Vivian McPeak often says we've got to pause for the cause because there are flaws in the laws. Right we'll on, be right back with David Maldalena, the hemp connoisseur. Hold on for more Hempire after you've grown to learn more about our sponsors. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint the business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Mindful of sustainable practices and limiting their environmental footprint, Sansal hemp is always grown outdoors, as nature intended. By starting with uniform genetic profiles, Sansal ensures the plant will maintain its optimal performance and yield consistently throughout its life cycle. It is through innovative processes that Sansal is able to achieve pure whole hemp extracts and meet industry requirements and the level of quality desired by many of their customers. Healthy plants, healthy people. SansalCBD.com. Improve your lifestyle naturally. While the feds and state are doing their dance, you still need to transact business and manage your cash. Go professional and let your customers pay with PayQuick. They pay you and they earn rewards points. PayQuick connects to your bank account for free and secures all of your transactions. And with PayQuick, you can pay your producers and processors for free. Plus, it pays to have it because it makes depositing your cash safe and so easy. No cops, no crooks, just compliance and comfort, knowing you have your cannabis business in check with PayQuick. PayQuick. 
the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. Play as Ted Growing, expelled botany sophomore and the biggest grower in town, only on Weed Firm Replanted. Available on the App Store and Google Play. It's a lot of work being the biggest grower in town. Maintaining a room full of plants while dealing with a slew of eccentric customers? From a hardcore partier to the curious neighbor next door. Is anybody home? Help me expand my bud business by unlocking new strains, customizing my grow room, and completing challenges that you can't get enough of. Grow your empire so big you can see it from space. Low on funds? Don't worry. Weed Firm Replanted is free to download. Download Weed Firm Replanted for free on the App Store and Google Play today. Get growing, Mr. Growing. Time to harvest more crop-tastic content on Hempire, only on CannabisRadio.com. And we're back. Hey, we've got David Maldolina here on Hempire. Thanks so much for tuning in. He's telling us the story of THCMag.com and THCMag itself. Why don't you let us know just sort of how the whole idea got started and what table were you sitting around, how all that happened? You know, I so I, it's, I'm going to try to make this long story as short as possible. Um, so, Mitch, I, I started in the industry over eight years ago, and I started with a couple of um, partners. We had created a company called Connect2Cannabis.com. doesn't exist anymore. Very green in the industry. And one of my partners says, hey, can you – do you think that there's a need – to for a directory of dispensaries and i was like absolutely i don't know where to find any of them because i was excited i just got my red card here in colorado uh not knowing <laughs> that there was a company called weed maps that pretty much owned that space at the time and uh so we said yeah absolutely so let's get out there and i said i'll go out and sell you guys work in the it because that's what they could do and i you know i went out and did all the sales what was great about that was i was able to connect because at that time eight years ago if you walked into a dispensary you found the owner and you talked directly to an owner because everybody worked in the dispensaries um so i had uh, developed a great relationship with all the pioneer owners in the industry um all along what's called the i-25 corridor here in denver i mean in colorado which is where you have colorado springs um denver and Fort Collins, and then also Boulder's just off the uh, for 36. So basically, the four largest cities and markets in the state were pretty easily easy to get to. So I sold um, this substandard website. Basically, while we were doing that, we found all these other holes in the industry. Started another company where we were actually helping do marketing for all the edible companies and concentrate companies. So there's where I developed the phone book with all those guys. While we were doing this, we were all bootstrapped. Everything's been bootstrapped in our company, including the magazine, which a lot of people think I'm, I'm lying when I say that, but that's the truth. Um, so we didn't have any money for marketing. So I went to Cush Magazine, and I talked to their salesperson at the time. Her name was Christiana Lewis. By the way, she is now my partner and has been, has been the editor-in-chief of the magazine for this year and done an amazing job. But at the time, she was a salesperson. I said, Christiana, this is what I want to do. I want to buy a full-page ad in Cush Magazine, and then – I'm going to have four of my clients displayed on that ad. Do you have a problem with that? And she said, absolutely not. Obviously, she's a salesperson who wants to sell the page. So I go to the clients and say, okay, great, guys. You're going to pay 25% of this ad on this full page, and you're going to be on there, and we're, our logo will be binding everybody together. Everybody loved it. I called it a cooperative advertising campaign. They were able to save money in their advertising because none of them could afford the advertising price in Cush Magazine. And we got free advertising. So it was a great deal. After three months, we had three pages in Cush Magazine with 12 clients on there. 
The director of sales called us in and said, you guys can't do this. You're reselling ads. I said, no, we're not reselling ads. We're just you know, providing a space for our clients to advertise that they didn't have before. This is a win-win-win. Everybody's they're advertising. You guys have three pages sold. She said, you can't do that anymore. We're not going to accept it. I'm kind of I'm an East Coaster, Mitch. I don't like it when somebody tells me I can't do something. <laughs> you know, especially when it made sense. I mean, I'm like, really? You guys are gonna lose revenue on this deal? That's just the dumbest thing I ever heard. So I went and talked to uh, contacts we had at a company called Pearl Publishing. Pearl Publishing, you may be aware of their magazine. One of the magazines they put out is called Dining Out Magazine. They're in hotels on major cities across the country. They're a restaurant magazine. I said, look, I love what you guys do. I think the same concept could work for dispensaries. Would you be interested in consulting us on this? And they said, absolutely. We love the idea. So for the next um, first three issues, which were quarterly at the time, they consulted us. We told them what we wanted them to write about. We took kind of their business model as a blueprint to do what we were doing. We found that their business model didn't work for what we were doing because, you know, cannabis needed more activism and more journalism than restaurants did. And so we had to shift and pivot from there after the first few months. Um, but, uh, and so they let us out of their consulting. They were very cool about that because there was no way we could have keep affording their, their, um, consulting. And we did everything in house after the third issue. And uh, went from quarterly to bi-monthly after the first year. And then um, after doing every other month schedule for a few months, we kept running out within two weeks. So we realized we have to go to a monthly schedule. And we've been doing that now for, God, three and a half years. Uh, and so now we're distributing 40,000 copies a month here in Colorado. And that's kind of how it all that's, got started. That's an amazing story, man. That really gives me a, a lot of hope and uh, a lot of optimism just about the whole field and about working with quality. As mm -hmm. I understand it, you've got one of the first hemp-related commercials uh, that we are on a major talk show coming up. Yeah, it's actually – so we um, we have the, one of our clients. They're a great client. They're called Bluebird Botanicals. They, they do um, botanical mixtures with hemp oil, um, specifically with hemp CBD oil and uh they sell it all across the country and across the world they're one of the number one um sellers of cbd oil in brazil and in other um latin american countries but uh in the united states they're one of the, the big three companies for cbd um to sell across the country they they came to us and said hey man we want to do some video stuff on our website and i said well wait a minute you know we could do more than that uh, I have I had already been working on developing video content for our website, which with our new website, you're going to start seeing a whole bunch of video content up in a few months. And uh, and I said, look, we can do more than that. We've already done the digging. We can get you guys on Sirius XM radio. And they were like, they did, their jaws kind of dropped. They're like, no, you can't. And I'm like, well, no, we can absolutely. So we contacted the brokers we knew that do ad buys for it, and we got them on Sirius XM radio for so literally broke ground as being the first hemp CBD commercial to air nationally. This commercial was actually accepted by MSNBC, CNBC, CNN, um, a few other of the major talk shows on Sirius XM. Because obviously in music, there's no commercials, but the talk news shows, they do have commercials. So Bluebird has been airing there. We did a very vanilla white bread type of commercial, being the first one to market on that side of things. And now we are in the middle, we're in post-production for a TV spot for um, 
for Bluebird that's going to be airing on Viceland uh, in probably the next 45 days. So we're, you know, depending on the time frame of the being done in post, because they were doing a little bit of rebranding with their logo, once all that's done, it'll be airing on Viceland. So it'll be the first TV commercial for a hemp CBD company ever on the national stage. So we're really excited about that. It's really history in the making and, and yeah. just a, a total hoot to watch. You've been in the thick of this while CBD has kind of taken on a life of its own. Do you have any impressions about why it's done so well and how it's been handled? You know, I, the first thing I'll say is there's the Sanjay Gupta piece, obviously, that kind of brought CBD to the forefront. And uh, what you have with hemp CBD is it opens up a lot of doors because you're like Bluebird, for example, is getting this ready for some ridiculousness. So we can grow hemp right now in Colorado. You can grow hemp with CBD in it. It's a very gray area. In fact, what you talk to one person will say it's illegal. Another person will say, yeah, it's kind of legal to take a CBD from him in Colorado and sell it in another state in this country. Bluebird right now, and they are getting Colorado and Kentucky hemp this year, but the majority of their hemp is coming from Europe because you can get hemp from Europe with CBD and sell it across any state lines. Uh, so they can sell European hemp anywhere Colorado hemp is, yeah, you're kind of breaking federal law. So uh, that's a little bit of a ridiculous rule, but these guys can do that. So that's why I think CBD is really blown up because you have all these people who have seen like that Sunday group to piece and they have kids with seizures in states that have, that have not legalized medical marijuana going, well, we need something for our child or, you know, somebody who has cerebral palsy or MS and they're looking for something that's going to help with their spasticity and that's what CBD can provide for them. So it's opened up a lot of doors for people who did not have access to any cannabinoid uh, therapy up to this point. And that's where I think CBD has really taken off. And it is. It's an amazing um, substance. It's a great cannabinoid that we're still just scratching the surface of what it can do. That's, it's an amazing research area, and I'm sorry there isn't more federal funding for it, but at least we're, we're making a little bit of progress. Now, you've mm-hmm. seen things change in Colorado there over the years. Has uh, legalization had uh, the kind of impact you would have expected? Yeah, it has. Um, you know, there's uh, sometimes my crystal ball is too accurate. Um, I, I thought that we jumped to recreational too early. Um, I th- now, I'm not... I don't want to pull back from it. I'm glad that we went to the retail model. The problem with that and what our thought process was, and there's a lot of people within the industry said, we're going to lose the medical focus. Now, there are plenty of dispensaries out there and owners that have not lost that medical focus. But as a whole, I do feel like there's been a shift recently. You know, There's amazing, great people in this industry, but there's still a lot of um, – Recreational has opened up the doors for more greed is what I see and a little bit of – there's less of a focus on the patients. A perfect example is in the regulations. Right now, <laughs> more ridiculousness. You are required to test your product if it's recreational. But the medical – the requirement for medical just is coming in very soon that you have to test medical product. But for the last two, three years, I mean, actually, since we started, you, you were not required to test it. So to have a medicine in Colorado did not have to be tested by a lab. But to have a recreational product, it did. 
you know, that's amazing to me. Um, in the meantime, we have um, doctors who are doing recommendations for medical cannabis that are now losing their license from the Colorado um, Medical Board because they're giving away large plant counts too many times. And that's absolutely insane to me that a doctor stands to lose their license by prescribing a completely safe treatment. And so there seems to be a movement within the state here to slowly chip away at the medical program because there's too much money in the taxes for the state um, in the uh, retail side. And so that, that's one of the things that I, I'm not happy about. Uh, but that said, it's great that there's access for anybody over the age of 21 now in Colorado. And it has been – there's way more positives to the full legalization here than there are negatives. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. Hey, I'm hoping we'll get a chance to talk again. It's been a wonderful show. We've had David Maddalena here, the hemp connoisseur. Check out some of his work at thcmag.com. That's T-H-C-M-A-G dot C-O-M. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hempire. I'm Dr. Mitch Earlywine. Follow your heart and let the data be your guide. Thanks so much, Mitch. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.